Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Divided Films. This is the podcast where we talk about movies that audiences and critics don't agree on. My name is JJ, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Keith. Hello! Uh, he said from 10,000 miles away. And <laughs> Ricola! <laughs> yeah, basically. And uh, joining us back on the podcast today is our good friend Shannon Fallon. Welcome back. Thanks, guys. Excited to be back. Yeah, glad to have you back. Uh, this, this movie we're talking about today, I thought you were the perfect person to discuss. So appreciate you making time to join us to discuss this movie today. Um, so today's movie, I thought since it's you know, the middle of football season in the fall here, it would be appropriate to talk about the 2009 uh, drama, The Blind Side, uh, starring Sandra Bullock. This movie falls into the category of having a mixed score from critics and a positive score from audiences. So in Rotten Tomatoes, 66% of critics approved, but 85% of audience approved, so a 19% difference there. And the critics' consensus, it might strike some viewers as a little too pat, but The Blind Side has the benefit of strong source material and a strong performance from Sandra Bullock. Uh, and I think that's a pretty good consensus because I think Sandra Bullock is definitely the the star of this movie, not just literally, but she is basically the person who I think elevates this movie and makes it more appealing than it otherwise would have been. And a little too pat. I'm not really as familiar with that phrase, but I kind of get what they're talking about. It's a, this is kind of like a cheesy movie for me. You know, it's it's very overly sentimental, but I appreciate what they're doing. But it's kind of interesting to talk about, you know, they're doing things in this movie that wins over audiences, but can maybe sometimes rub critics the wrong way. You know, just, it's like a very Hollywood script kind of movie, you know, something very much written to win awards, I think. Um, but what do you guys think? I mean, was this movie, this is 2009, this movie comes out. So, wow. Was, uh, yeah, it's been quite some time, 12 years this movie has been around for. So what do you think? Was this movie around when you first saw it and... What was your, um, you know, initial thoughts and your thoughts now on this movie? Start with Shannon. Um, well, I also had the question of what does a little too pat mean, but it also resonated. Um, so I, I feel you there, JJ. I remember seeing this movie when it first came out. I think you thought I was appropriate to, to be on for this movie because I, I love college football exactly. by chance. I, happened to be wearing my Florida Gator shirt today. Wasn't even planned. Um, and I think also appropriately, you know, I've, I've lived in the South a considerable amount of time. Um, so this movie, watching it again, both after I lived in South Carolina for a while, also kind of hit home differently. But I enjoyed it at the time, definitely. I think for exactly what it was supposed to be, a feel-good movie. And then watching it again, I still enjoy it, but maybe not quite as much. I watch it from a different lens and a different angle now a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting how in the 12 years, like what we look for as audiences, yeah, in the 12 years, crazy that this movie is that old. But it's interesting that in the time of what came out, what audiences really were looking for, and then what we've kind of now have, looking back in this movie, and the kind of things that we now see as 
different kinds of tropes that we maybe no longer appreciate or no longer want in our feel-good movies. Uh, it's interesting to see how this movie has aged and how maybe it's not as much of the movie people kind of go for anymore. Uh, but what what about you, Keith? What's What was your initial take on this? Uh, well, before, uh, too pat means uh, too quick, easy or simple, and not seeming natural or realistic. Did you just Google that right now? <laughs> I, I mean, we. I, the question had to be. It's what. It's what's on everyone's mind because I too did not look. What the, I did not know what that meant. Right. Thank you um, for doing that. This. Uh, this was my first time seeing it. Uh, oh really? Yeah. I mean, I knew about it. It's. Uh, this isn't a movie I. These kind of movies. I, I like. Uh, I've, been I've been trying for like the past couple of days to like put my everything I want to say into like. There's so much to say about this film in general, surprisingly. Uh, I don't really go for these kind of films, but I'm not saying that there's a market for them. I would put it uh, like even beyond the sports drama of it all. Like this movie does come off is a bit hallmarky. Like I remember there was a movie with uh, Chrissy Metz and Luke Cage a couple years ago where a boy fell through the ice, a dog's purpose. I know people. Like, I'm not saying they're necessarily bad films, but I really don't see them because I know I'm, it's not that I'm better or worse. It's just like I, they're not my kind of movie. So that's probably why I didn't see it or have tried to see it since. Maybe I've seen clips of it here and there. Uh, with the research I've done of this movie, there are it's it's feel good. But I wish because it was on the caliber of like Oscar, it was nominated for best picture. She won for best actress. I, I wanted more authentic. Like it, I think too pat actually is kind of the phrase. It does come off like hallmarky. And I knowing the story of what we know now, like what, like what's been, what's, I wish they went for a, a more authentic story. And I think that's kind of what we're saying. I agree. I think there was more potential here to tackle some of the issues at hand in this real life story to keep yeah. in mind right what you want to do with that there are some real issues that they kind of address but again kind of overlook in terms of you know uh economic disparity where this kid is coming from and the kind of um you know fish out of war fish out of war element you know where he's come from where he is now and uh, you know, how, how his background has been such a struggle for this Michael Orr character. I mean, you know, char I, I, I'm going to say character, even though they're real life people, but for the, you know, it's based on how they're portrayed in the movie. It's not him though. I, he, he even said like he, one of the elements and we can get into like historical accuracy of this movie and movies in general. Um, because I went through a journey with that, but uh, he, he, that's, he's even said that's not him. He had to write his own book to disprove this movie. Right. Which is, I looked that up too. And I, I put it on my reading list. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It's very much what you'd expect a Hollywood reinterpretation of a real life story to be like, you know, they, they kind of take real life people and fit them into more familiar archetypes. And so for this Michael Orr character, you know, they kind of portray him 
you know, for most of the movie is like a very quiet, almost passive character. It almost seems like a lot of things are happening to him or he's not really someone who has any say in how his life is going. It's much more other people making decisions on his behalf. And what we learn Mm -hmm. in real life is that he actually did have more agency over attending the school, being part of the football team and which school he wanted to go to. So it is kind of a strange choice that they would almost uh, dilute his agency and even his personality in this role. I, I'm, I'm just curious why that decision was made to almost make him seem like, you know, he's just this quiet kid who's just going along for a ride that he has no say in. Yeah, no offense to the... I thought the actor did what he think he did very well. I... I think if they like he Michael Orr says like oh I was more I wasn't hey he's like I don't think I people see me now as dumb like they see him as this character from the movie but he was more you know extroverted he was more like you know he he did have to he did study hard to to do football but he was more snap I don't I'm trying to find the right word snap backy like he he it was the relationship with the twoies or toeies uh, was Tui's was a bit, uh, you know, they didn't always get along. And I wish we saw that. That would have been like something. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause, yeah, go ahead. Shannon. I, I want to like raise a thought that kept coming to me, which is this was based on source material written by mm-hmm. Michael Lewis, right? He's, he's a, a white man. I imagine you guys might know this, the, the producers, the director, the writer of the movies, I don't, think they're they were they were you know that was a black man or you know part of the black community so i like i it kept like i kept thinking well this is a black story being told by white people and for it, white people and a, for white that's a yeah that yeah and i i think that's probably why in 2009 for context you know i was just finishing college um you know from from a white middle class household and it landed different yes for me then which is probably why i liked it better than it was easier to digest then since then i've i've worked um in low-income schools and like large 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 african-american communities you know now i work for a nonprofit that focuses on education and, and education equality so i've just had a different perspective and now all i kept thinking was I want I want to read Michael Orr's book and I want want to see this movie made from his perspective. I agree more of his voice and again uh told with more agency from from his part cuz even the idea that when they started playing him in high school football the movie suggests that he had no idea how to play football that is not the case at all. He was a student of the game since he was a kid. He did have a passion for it. He wasn't just like thrust into it. But yeah, that's it's true how there's just a lot of cliches of the very safe movies that tackle race in this movie. You know, like they have the scene where Sandra Bullock goes to lunch with her racist friends who are very blatant about their racism. And of course, you know, she has the line where she's like, shame on you. <laughs> yeah, it's like it makes it seems like such like um, such an easy topic to handle and such an easy issue to handle from <laughs> The Sandra Bullock character's perspective. I hated it's, that it's scene. It's not. I hate it. I feel like it's so clean. I feel like that yeah. was added um, in like a reshoot because someone watched this and said, "You know, there's not. There's barely anything about race. We at least have to bring it up." 
And uh, two points, I, I'm like 90, I 90% agree with you, uh, Shannon, just in that I, I didn't read the book by Michael Lewis. I, Michael Lewis also wrote Moneyball. And from what I was, from what I understand, the blind side is like the first half of it is really just the history of football, the history of the blind side. And then it's this interesting story. And I don't really want to take away from this story from Michael Orr and the Tuohys. I actually think it's a beautiful story that was, I don't even want to say Disney-fied, that was hallmarked eyes, cookie-cuttered. But I, it's, I wish Michael Orr was more of a consultant and even they like, I, I'm not saying a white person can't tell a black story. I think Steven Spielberg did an amazing job doing color purple and there are other examples that I can't think of. And maybe that's also something in and of itself, but I think maybe no disrespect to, uh, John Lee Hancock. I don't think I, I wish this was in someone else's hands. Yep. Well, I mean, it seems like the kind of movie that's made to win awards. Yeah. In a way. Make money, it's, win awards. It's very Hollywood eyes. Yes. Yeah, Hallmark eyes, however you want to say it. Uh, it's, it's definitely got the Hollywood take on a real-life story, even from, like, a dialogue perspective. Yeah, I, the Sandra Bullock is constantly got these smarky lines, which, you know, maybe Leanne Tui is really like that in real life. But the whole movie, she's saying things like, you know, coach, I told you you could thank me later. Well, now it's later. She's just talking like that yeah. the whole movie, which gets a little tiring for me, yeah. a little tedious. Like, how could someone well, be so witty 24-7? That's such a Hollywood way to depict dialogue. And again, it's a real-life story, so I, I don't really care for that kind of hokey dialogue if you're going to tell a true story. I read it... Uh like a anecdote that Sandra Bullock didn't want to take the role, wouldn't take the role until she met Leanne Tui in real life. So I wonder if she really was like that, is that larger than life, like right character. I could see her encapsulating the personality. I just think in terms of the dialogue, what was written for her is a bit, again, like I feel like I've heard these lines in other movies that try to just, you know, give, the audience is a little smarter, chuckle here and there, like, huh, like what a likable character. They always have like a witty thing to shoot at somebody. I mean, I as any actor should. I, I mean, if I'm Sandra Bullock, I would want to meet Leanne Tui if I'm going to portray her in a movie. Mm-hmm. But you know, the the original choice for uh, this character was um, Julia Roberts, who turned down the role. And then, funny enough, Sandra Bullock. I was reading through Keith's research. Thank you, Keith. Was that Sandra Bullock thought she was doing a bad job. She thought she was not giving a good performance and considered dropping it, dropping from from the Am movie. Am I being too hokey? And that's like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I mean, that probably was from just reading the dialogue. But she is probably what won most audiences over is that character. And yeah, she winds up winning Best Actress at the Academy Awards. Uh. Funny enough, in the same year, she'd win the Golden Razzie for Worst Actress for a very terrible comedy yeah. called All About Steve. Very interesting year for Sandra Bullock. I think she was also in The um, the Proposal in the same year, 2009. <laughs> but anyways, I like the proposal. that's a fun one for sure. But she's like giving basically what you want from it, uh, a lead actress in this role. She's selling this part. She's very likable. She's... Yeah, you know, again, if Leanne Tui is truly like this, I buy it. Uh, you know, she's like a a very um, 
like you know the matriarch of a southern family who is basically making all the decisions you know she puts her husband on the couch when he's bad whatever that means mm-hmm. uh you know she's making the decisions oh you should come for sandra bullock and i think a large part of this movie's box office success i think sandra bullock has earned her title as a movie star i i she is absolutely i mm-hmm. uh i think you should come for sandra bullock but leave for michael orr like i i yeah it, the it's real michael it's orr. weird that he kind of feels like a supporting character in his own life story that's how i felt that well that comes again from the fact that it seems like she's making all the decisions decisions for him and it's not even until the end of the movie that she even says like well what do you want michael what what school do you want to go to we didn't ask you and it's almost as if the screenwriter is (laughs) pointing out a flaw in his own depiction of this real life story you didn't really have any interest in the perspective of the actual person the story is about Hey, my name's Leanne Tui. My kids go to Wingate. You said you were going to the gym. School gym's closed. Why were you going to the gym? Big Mike, why were you going to the gym? Because it's, it's warm. Do you have any place to stay tonight? Don't you dare lie to me. Well, I don't know what the this real story is. I I don't know if we're going to get into it very much, but, you know, the suggestion at the end that these were wealthy boosters who loved their college teams so much that they went out and adopted a nearly fully grown man who's an excellent football player, and he just so happens to be going to their favorite school that they're boosters for. I think the real story you all alluded to that, he he was in and out with the two E's for a little bit. It wasn't just like a bam, we're gonna like come live with us. It probably exonerates like them of this accusation, really. Like this was a building relationship over time. But that was that. I didn't leave this movie thinking, huh? Oh yeah, that that's. I left being like, could they have done that? Is that a thing? I, have other people? Done I think that, that movie was. I, it's, it sounds terrible. I think that was uh, – I think they forgot to add a conflict at the end, like a main conflict, and it's just like, oh. Oh, right. I, like, I, once again, there's conflict in – Everything's going so well for her. For there's them. conflict in the characters in the real story that they sh- I think they, sh- they should have used, but uh, they, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the movie Sully where it's just like, oh, we have to actually add like a whole other movie or even like an ending – antagonist climax bad guy i don't think i think that whole college thing was more like amplified than it should have been on screen well even they do that thing where the movie begins with the interrogation just to go back to it at the end which like why even start the movie with that scene and go like two years earlier let's find out how we got there i pointed this out in previous films i do not care this Let's movie didn't need end, that <laughs> and then flashback how did we get to this scene that is at the end like it's a movie it's gonna end up somewhere i assume <laughs> hopefully <laughs> you don't have to start us off with the ending but even what the ncaa is accusing them of is oh you took in this impoverished young man for the sole purpose the main motivation was to 
groom him for football and have him go to the school you donate to to help their football program, which is, like, insane. But at the same time, would that be such a bad thing? Because they wound up taking in a poor young boy and giving him a warm home. (laughs) So, like, she even says, too, like, the last thing we want is a bunch of families taking in poor young men just to groom them for their favorite college school. I'm like, what's so wrong with that? Oh, last thing you want is to take in poor children and give them a warm home? (laughs) Like, God forbid that happens. Well, as a college football fan um, who's been at a school that hates <laughs> hates the NCAA's like way of enforcing rules, they're they're a joke amongst like college sports fans in general. And you know, they do they do silly investigations all the time, and it's trying to exert power in a, in an environment where they're consistently losing more and more of it. Right, because so. I mean, if anything, it's all about the athletes, right? And, you know, I, I am aware that there are very strict rules that these NCAA athletes have to abide by, and they don't have a lot of power within their own college careers. You know, I think there's just paranoia within the NCAA of, like, bribery and um, any sort of, you know, corrupt behavior about, like, where these players go to school and, you know, uh, any sort of kickbacks or what have you. But at the end of the day, like, no one really cares about yeah, that kind of stuff. Like they're there to like support. The last ten minutes of the movie, though, it's just like, oh wow, like, oh, oh, like, it's very rushed. Yeah, it's like, oh crap, we need a climax. <laughs> I agree. It's yeah. very rushed. Yeah, because like things just happen to just go so well. <laughs> you know, it's just things go so peachy. With uh, they take him in, he adjusts very quickly. His grades start going up. He gets good at football really quickly. After one game of football. He starts getting recruiters showing up at their house. All of them. Right? Which, again, like, I understand that these coaches will go. I assume they do. Shannon, maybe you could, like, clarify. But, okay, like, these coaches Mm -hmm. go to high-profile, you know, potential recruits to try to win them over to come to their school, which, like, I feel like that is a little unethical. Like, we'll make deals with you. We'll let you... Like, you know what I mean? The, the SJ, the SJ factor was interesting. I, I guess they did that for real because they had the little note at the end yeah. that SJ got all of his promises. It's like, why are they catering so much to this kid who really should not have any say over what school this guy goes to? Like, what difference does that make? It just appeases the pluckiness of like, oh, you know, hey, you get your chocolate fountain too. This movie had too many months i feel like every montage i could hear the hercules song from zero to hero like this they they have like three they have like three Uh. separate and like i i get it but i also wish i saw more of his football career but as you said there's like one game and he is a superstar he he has a super bowl ring i believe like he is uh like he does he does i i feel like hollywood did like you know, I think Moneyball came out a few years later, but they took this, they took, like, they saw that one part in this book and they said, this is a movie. This is going to make a movie. And we're, uh, it, it kind of treats the audience as, you're going to like it. You're like, I don't want to say stupid, but like, it doesn't challenge the well, audience. It's, it's, it's pandering. pandering. It's pandering. It's for sure pandering. And, 
Yeah, like there's certain beats of sports dramas that they like to follow, right? Again, like we've seen other sports dramas kind of like romanticize like very serious issues before and, and like make it seem like they're very easy issues to address, like very like clear cut. This is a good character. This is a bad character. You know, like the one game that they play where you have the uh, opposing oh, yeah. player who's a jerk who's like taunting the guy oh, and then his yeah. jerk parent who's like you know saying like really offensive stuff and so like okay like we'll give these player these these clearly jerky characters a very quick comeuppance because that's something another thing audiences love to see you know like sandra bullock's gonna yell at that racist parent and then like michael Orr is going to shove that racist player over the side there and then we're gonna cheer him all the way doing it it's like you know again it's like the good guys get all their rewards and the bad guys get all their comeuppance and that's that what else can you do um when it comes to historical accuracy i almost like i would i feel like this movie was like if someone told me like this amazing story about how they met their significant other or like oh i saved this person's life and they really added all this detail and then i meet the person whose life they saved or their significant other i'm like did did this actually happen they're like no not in the slightest i was kind of angry i was kind of disappointed that i felt lied to and then literally this morning i had the thought that like the next year uh uh, 2010 my one of my favorite movies i think it's a perfect film the social network came out and also the king's speech which won and those movies have historical accuracies and i'm kind of going like why am i giving i kind of had to be like like why am i giving this movie, those movies are past, especially like, you know, I know people don't like Mark Zuckerberg now, but I don't think, I think Aaron Sorkin dolled up the social network to fit the narrative or the themes that he wanted to do. But why am I giving that a pass as the blind side? I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm not going to subtract points from it, from that kind of historical actor. I, it's, it's this kind, they wanted to make this kind of movie and I, I, I guess you kind of have to go in knowing that Michael Orr wrote a book saying this did not happen. <laughs> and that that's my TED talk. <laughs> Thank you for coming. <laughs> but there was, like, there was accuracy. It wasn't completely inaccurate. There was some, like, kind of, like, really kitschy pat stuff that happened that I read was true. Like, the car accident where he used his arm to save the kid. Right, yeah. I mean, I definitely got a sense that happened in real life. And mm-hmm. I, I, I would hope that's not something they would just fabricate just to create more like random drama. I, for me, anytime I watch a movie or show and a character takes their eyes off the road, I always like, uh, you know, this, you're gonna hit somebody. <laughs> Stop taking your eyes I'll off the road. Mm-hmm. And it usually it doesn't was a cute happen scene before the car crash. I'll give it that. I'll yeah. give it. Like I know. I'm like. Um, yeah. I get it. I like it. And I think another reason they I kept like that, that in. Mike relationship. I think they were cute together. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons they kept that, or they wanted to include that part of the story in the movie was to further establish that relationship and why this bratty little kid has so much say and sway over what school his mm-hmm. his adoptive brother goes to. Um, but but um, I don't know, like, the, the whole thing with the school, too, like, I... I appreciate that this is a guy who had an inconsistent education 
growing up, which is why his GPA was so low. And they kind of touched on that a little bit. But again, you have these very jerky teachers who are so quick to dismiss him. And it's another thing where, like, the one good teacher is going to stand up to the bad teachers. Like, you're not giving him a chance. You know, like, that's another thing you usually see in a lot of movies. Like, one good person stand up to, like, a group of bad people uh, who have, like, the wrong idea. Well, again, in actuality, Mm -hmm. the movie kind of... portray it as if oh he's just not a bright kid but in actuality again it was the inconsistent education which they focus a little more on that because that's another serious issue they could have really addressed is how in a lot of impoverished areas you know education is really lacking and it is so hard for a lot of kids in these areas to get a substantial uh education and he was certainly a victim to that but no Mm -hmm. they don't really address that at all it's kind of like unclear whether it's him or whether it's his history with other schools that is causing him to have such a bad GPA. I mean, not even to like, like get into like the trauma, like how that impacts how kids do in school, like the trauma he, he's gone through, but they don't, they don't particularly acknowledge that hey, a kid whose mother is pulled out for being a, of, of his home for being a drug addict and arrested is not going to be focused in school the next day. No, no. I mean, they, they flash back to that that incident a few times, but they, again, they don't really bring it up or address it. Uh, or even, like, there's the scene where they go to the restaurant and he, like, he sees his brother. His brother. And they don't bring that up again. You maybe see the brother again when he graduates high school, but it's like, oh, you have a brother? Like, what's his story like what like how did he get there like are you going to continue a relationship are you going to try to have a relationship with your brother we'll never know at least not from this movie it it all comes from a very simplified point of view and what all comes to me it's from like sandra bullock's reaction to it all that's what the focus is like sandra bullock in a way is like our vessel into learning Mm -hmm. about this kid's life And so when she learns that, yeah, he never had a bed and she has like this reaction to it. And I thought that was like a good moment. Like she is, you know, she takes for granted that, you know, of course everyone has a bed and well, he didn't. And so she has this reaction to it and that could be a compelling moment. But again, it's the issue is that it's all about what her reactions are to his uh, life of struggle and not really about what his perspective is on his own life. And uh, that's, again, that's that's another thing coming from, from the pandering part of it. You know, you, you hear about it, but you don't see too much about it, and you don't really dive too much into it. It's just kind of like, well, no, his life is good now, so let's, let's focus on that. Michael, do you remember when we first met and we went to that horrible part of town to buy you those dreadful clothes? And I was a little bit scared, and you told me not to worry about it because you had my back. Do you remember that? Yes, ma'am. And if anyone tried to get to me, you would have stopped them, right? And when you and SJ were in that car wreck, what did you do to the airbag? Stopped it. You stopped it. You stopped it. This team is your family, Michael. You have to protect them from those guys, okay? From a football perspective, though, you know, I kind of got a kick out of seeing all these SEC schools, right? Like, you you see the scene where they all come to the um the football game and they're all i I don't know like shannon you might know more about this but are are they that aggressive about just one particular player that they would try to recruit 
I imagine, yeah, I do. I follow like recruiting and there it's its own business. Um, it, it's so important. Yeah. So they definitely do home visits. They aggressively recruit like it's, and that's like coaches get fired for being bad recruiters. Like assistant coaches get fired when they don't like pull their weight recruiting. And it's like, it's now in the age of like texting, it's like, no, constantly. Like, Hey man, how was your how was your weekend? Hey man, I caught like the the summary of your game last night. Like great job. Like it's like they are trying to be like hmm. in their lives. Um, so yeah, what you saw I think was probably maybe you never had all like twelve SEC coaches on the sideline of a high school practice, but I, I don't. I think the intensity was accurate. That's so interesting that they would. Yeah, form personal relationships with the recruits in order to better their chances, right? Like, if you have like a real friendship with the player, then he'll be more inclined to want to play under you and go to your school. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so crazy. Like, I would think that, you know, a coach has to focus so much on just coaching the team and building the team. You would think someone else would be responsible for recruitment, but he has to be part of that process as well. That's a good point. You're going to see position coaches doing doing the the constant touches. But the head coach co- comes in, they definitely do like Yeah, like cuz they have like the actual they actually got Nick Saban, <laughs> the actual coach, Aww. Nick Saban to be in this movie. Uh that I find that kind of interesting that they got like the real guys. Um I mean Yeah, that was fine. These guys do get the highest pay of any state employee if they're at the state university. And, you know, if they're like, if you're the coach of, um, I guess these are mostly private universities, but like, what was a state university there? Like, if you're the coach of like Georgia State or something, you're the highest paid employee of the state, right? Like, of the state. You should be working well, for that got, money. Um, a coach in Washington, Washington State's coach, just got fired because he was a public state employee and he wouldn't get vaccinated. Oh. But he was the highest paid state employee in, in that state, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, wow, that's so interesting. Like these private schools, probably <laughs> it's like a lot easier to get away with that they kind of thing. Give you your own Kathy Bates. Um, the colleges get like they just give you your own. Uh, I like that. That was that, that was actually was uh, like an element. I mean, Kathy Bates, I think, elevates a, a majority of even the bad films uh, that she pops up in. But uh, I like you know I think that the woman popped up at the end in pictures. I like that character. Uh, I'm just making. Mm-hmm. Jo- I am not as football savvy as these two. I'm just taking. I'm taking. I'm along for the ride, folks. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I usually pay more close attention to professional football, but I am aware that, like, in these areas, like in the South. Oh yeah, they love it. I like, know that college football is a much bigger deal than than professional football. I mean, I didn't even really realize until I looked up the geography that Memphis is like right there on the border of Mississippi. And so that would explain why this family has a more connection to Ole Miss than to the Tennessee yeah. college. Um, but yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I would, I, I can understand like if you live in like Mississippi or Alabama, there are no professional sports teams. So you would root for the college team more as, as if it was a mm-hmm. professional team. It's like a really uh, devout culture there. That I mean, we went to Keith and I, we went to Rutgers and there is a oh, football yeah. culture there, but I'm sure it pales in comparison to these like these uh sec yeah, conference schools that just live i mean some people football. get some people are really into it's it their church saturday church yeah. sunday church 
<laughs> yeah, you have your church in the morning, and you immediately get to go out to the football game, then you tailgate <laughs> and get drunk. <laughs> well, actually, technically, the college football games are on Saturday, though, right? Yeah, that's what I was saying. They they're as committed to their Saturday football as they are to their Sunday church. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, that Southerners won't plan like a, for example, a wedding for the fall. <laughs> oh yeah, because they'll be busy. <laughs> like that's a, that's a big that's a big that deal. makes a lot you of sense. Get married in the fall if you're like in the South. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It is it is like a pretty uh, you know a, a pretty devout culture there. I do get the success I mean, of this movie a little yeah, bit more. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not harping on anyone that. Right. I'm not There's harping a connection. On anyone that uh, likes this movie, I get it. Bloody sports movie. Any sports movie, like in the beginning, she's explaining how football even works. Like this is the quarterback. This is da da da. Like any people like to have people like movies about sports that explain how the sport works, even if they know it so well, just because. They feel like they're in on the conversation, right? And so she's explaining in the beginning this whole thing about how, like, um, that one player for the Giants, uh, Lawrence Taylor, changed the game of football and changed her life. Even though that connection was a bit of a stretch for me. It's like, oh, because he made offensive linesmen more important, then that would eventually lead to this guy, Michael Orr, being a highly coveted like recruit for college football like they, they, i it, kind of a stretch there that that one has to do yeah. with the other i imagine that's the tie back to the book too a little bit yeah maybe they kind of reinforce that theme more in the book but in the movie it's almost like they forgot about it and then at the end they bring it back like oh right mm-hmm. like this had something to do with Lawrence Taylor and that one play from the early 90s <laughs> i so do figure. accept any mm-hmm. Any, any any angry emails from someone who like I get why people like looking at the audience reviews of this movie. I'll say I I get why people love it, and actually this is probably the a great movie to watch after church. And I don't mean that in an ironic or sarcastic way. I generally like this is a fun Sunday movie. Uh, my question, and I do think people, uh, I think Shannon, you might be one of them, like. 12 years on I do think knowing what we know now and where we are you uh knowing what we know now about this story you there's a better story in there and you kind of wish that like you can kind of see like you could show them you like hey maybe they should have used this these aspects of the story and it would have it's not changing the themes or the or the structure maybe I would have liked to see more football uh, his NFL career, but I I think you could uh, I don't know I feel like those people could be convinced or they could see like oh yeah maybe like it could be hosers or even remember the Titans I'm also kind of seeing like I think remember the Titans I might have to rewatch again just to see how I feel about it or how it handles uh, those issues. Well, there's like this this weird conception that sports in a lot of sports movies. It's like the sport is a metaphor for life. And so, you know, it's like mm-hmm. it kind of um, always has to tie back into something like that. So, again, maybe if you saw more of the football career of Michael Orr, you kind of could see about how his position 
as an offensive linesman played into his protective instincts because apparently he scored very high in protective instincts on whatever test which like what even is that that was like a real test they were talking about like which seems so random to me but what kind of category career aptitude test what kind of category you get tested for like math skills (laughs) you get tested for like real testable things and what kind of percentile is for protective instincts how do you assess that well i i don't know i don't i don't know how you would assess that but i do like i looked into it and i think it was because it was like career aptitude when they say like oh like you like talking to people you should go you should you know go into something where you talk to people a lot like one of the other categories was spatial awareness that he did a bad job on. So I, I guess they were saying like go into, I don't know what kind of job they were gonna say you should go into though when you test ninety eight. A bodyguard. He was a security guard. A, a security That's a fun guard. fact. I bodyguard. About this act. The actor was a security guard, and he did. If he didn't get the part, he what? He's like, hey, I could be a security guard um, on set. I actually like, I uh. And I'm not saying Michael Orr should have been a security guard. I is, is this the IB and what is it called Myers Briggs? Is that it? Or I also have never taken that. Oh Myers Briggs! If you're like like a like a like, IBG I don't even know what the or are, but like an IPGJ I, I have, or something. I've never taken that. So yeah, I have maybe. I have no idea, but I can say part of my job now is like I actually assess how schools do on their all their academic aptitude test and i look at memphis a lot and this is not a test there now that i see yeah so i have no idea what this test was right right i I just i'm curious it seemed to be like one category that was tailor-made for him to be good at something (laughs) like protective instincts i never heard of that as a test category uh and they just hammered it home i got that was they said it several times a little tiring yeah but again i could see if they focused more on his football career yeah, maybe you can have the parallel of how he's protected with his brother and his adoptive family and also how he's protected with the quarterback. And again, he has that instinct and just tying back, you know, sports metaphor for real life values that the audiences like to see could be a little more fleshed out in here. That was like a potential for that that I'm actually surprised the more I think about it, they didn't take advantage of. Do you feel like they, I feel like they like, spoon fed that to us too much well like it was the, spoken like, it wasn't oh, shown that's sj protect yes yeah there you know i think the artistic way to discuss this <laughs> yeah well yeah there you go it's like well, you can agree it was something that was spoken a lot it's like one of those things where if enough characters say it then we'll believe it but it's more convincing to see it play out. So we saw it in the car accident. He puts out the arm, saves the kid. Mm-hmm. We see one game of football that he becomes protective of the quarterback. But you know, we see that more in different ways, You know how he's challenged in different ways as a football player in addition to how he's challenged in his everyday life. That, to me, is more compelling. Hmm. But th- I did the football scene where he, like, he, like, excels finally and, like, shoves the guy all the way out of the stadium it was because he got protective of his coach because the coach was finally like defending him and like i maybe i felt that was a little bit like more subtle like i i, I think i like that scene that was that was good that the coach was you know stepping in for him and everything but it had to come at the cost of having like 
just a, a, a one-dimensional referee guy who was just a jerk too <laughs> like you know i threw a flag yeah. for excessive blocking i don't know i just wanted to throw a flag on this guy <laughs> you just mm-hmm. you, you kind of have to that, that to me is like also like a lazy writing thing in order to flesh out one character you have to throw in just some sort of like unrealistic jerk who comes in to create like an artificial conflict to help mm-hmm. out the main characters right it's you know it's it's a little too simplified there because uh, the coach too i mean uh in the beginning he's very adamant like we should get this kid in school it's the christian thing to do da 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 but then he kind of goes back and forth like he was a little inconsistent then he is, is quick to be frustrated with the student on the first day of practice like you know mm-hmm. he's he's doing horrible he needs a lot of improvement like he just started yeah, he kind of, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what they were trying to set up there with the coach. Okay, here's what we got. Dead ball foul. Oh, what? Was he holding? No. Did he hit after the whistle? I don't believe so. Then what was the fight for? I don't know. Excessive blocking. You're kidding me. <laughs> Sorry, coach. I stopped when I heard the whistle. Where were you taking him, Mike? To the bus. It was time for him to go home. Now, I have one last question, and I think that might help determine my final tally on this movie. And if it's irrelevant, it's irrelevant. But was Sandra Bullock's win more of a... a, uh, You've been in... You are an all-time actress. You've been in this business for 30 years here's your Oscar win. Hmm. Yeah, good question. Let me really quickly, this will just take a second. I know who was nominated. Uh, look up. I, I, cause I, who th- else? Uh, it was Helen well, then tell us for The Last Station. That's the Leo Toy Story with Christopher Plummer. I know. I haven't seen it or heard of it either. Uh, uh, Carrie Mulligan's introduction with An Education uh Gabaret Sibide for uh Precious based on the novel Push oh, by Precious. Sapphire and uh, of course Meryl Streep's 98th nomination for Julie uh Julie and Julia So it was uh, Oh my god. Yeah, it, you know, maybe, I would say like my in in hindsight I think Precious has gone we are I'm yeah. looking at that movie as like I think maybe she should have won. I think that's a more powerful movie and has grow has gone better in value over time. And I, I once again I wanna state Sandra Bullock is a movie star. Like she's a like she's great. She's great at action, she's great at comedy, she's great mm-hmm. at both. I I think this is her first time, aside from gravity, which is a different experience, her dramas never really hit. And this is her first drama that is really hit with audiences. So mm-hmm. they really the 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 Hollywood award machine really amped this up as this is this is Sandra Bullock's movie. Well, yeah, you could say maybe she's like an MVP in the sense that she's like in football, for example, in the NFL, the MVP is not just for like every team gets an MVP. It's like who is the most valuable player of any team? Right. And Sandra Bullock is like the Mm -hmm. MVP of any movie. Like she does the most to elevate Mm -hmm. a movie that she is in. And so it's kind of like she gets the award just for 
how valuable how valuable of of a part she plays more so than any other actor in their respective films i could you know maybe see that being the mindset there because uh, again she sells this movie she is the movie basically which again it's unfortunate because it should be michael orr's movie <laughs> it's not sandra bullock even though she is a great actress and she's very likable I, I, everyone likes to see her uh in, in but is, anything she is does. there a moment in the film where you said mm-hmm. like where you, and this is all subjective where you say like oh that's that's acting that's an academy that's an oscar moment and i did not really have that i'm not and i'm not saying that julia roberts could have done it better or the same i think sandra bullock was very good in the movie i just didn't like i know the moments that they wanted me to say that but i'm just going like yeah i agree with you like i think sandra bullock deserves an oscar yes but I said, like, it was a weak field. I think, like, hearing, like, The Blind Side and Julia and Julia, like, those movies, I'm like, those are not Oscar material. Like, so I do think it was kind of, well, obviously, you're just going to nominate Meryl Streep. <laughs> Hello, another yeah. rock star who just deserves Oscars. She just gets her, her like, they just give it to nomination. Yeah. I, yeah. To me, like this is the kind of movie that's made to please the Academy. It's the kind of movie the Academy yeah. goes for because it has all those familiar beats, like the charming dialogue, a rags to riches story. It's addressing race, but in a very simplified way that's not going to make anyone challenge their own values. It's a very clear cut, like, yes, racism is bad. And when someone's being a jerk, you say, shame on you. And we all feel better mm-hmm. about ourselves. Like that is the kind of... Thing that we've seen impress the academy over the years so i can see that it, even though it didn't win best film uh whatever like it did get like best actress you know it, it gets something it gets one of the major awards mm-hmm. uh so there you have it as opposed to say like you know precious which is a very difficult movie to watch in terms of how like powerful mm-hmm. the struggle is and, and and realistic this is like the other side of the spectrum there it's, yeah it's very glossed over you know, we used to, in our earlier seasons, compare some movies to food, right? <laughs> and I have one for this movie. Yeah, yeah. So I get this. For example, uh, we compared Armageddon, you know, the Michael Bay film Armageddon, to junk food, right? There's no t- nutritional value, but, you know, you watch it, you kind of, you know, it's it's like a guilty pleasure. I would compare The Blind Side to the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, like, just hear me out. It's okay. like the kind of, it's like comfort food, but it's masking itself as something more fancy or prestigious. It's definitely got a higher price tag. And yeah, you go and you feel like you're getting something more nutritional or something more worthwhile than you actually are. But in fact, it's just masked by really nice lighting. And so you're really getting something that, yeah, it's comforting, but it's not really as nutritious as you're trying to convince yourself it is. So that's why <laughs> this is like the Cheesecake Factory. Of there movies. goes our Cheesecake Factory uh, sponsorship, JJ. <laughs> if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Yeah. It's masquerading as something a little bit more than what it actually is substance wise. Right. And we've seen those kind of movies over the years, right? Like most recently and more notably or controversially like the green book right that's another one it wins best film 
it went to the academy but by the time it was released we had become more savvy to the sort of mm-hmm. um you know whitewashing you know appropriately enough of this issue of race as if it's some sort of like clear-cut issue or even a bygone issue uh, that doesn't really make audiences challenge their own morality so uh you know hopefully we don't yeah I, by now as audiences we're demanding more honest movies that if you are going to tackle these issues do it more so authentically and that's why like this movie comes out in 2009 in 2009 um so maybe it hasn't aged as well we don't really want these kind of movies anymore green book 2019 right or 2018, 2018 and by then yeah. we 2018 we didn't really want that kind of tone for that kind of subject matter anymore I, the, the one and i god i feel like i have to give away like a film credit or something for even saying this but i i feel like the people that do like this film would say that i get that but i don't think every film needs to be to be i i still like green book it doesn't rate high on my scale i don't know if it went, deserved the best picture or not but i remember watching it i think i watched it on christmas with family and i kind of enjoyed it i like it was a movie i expected out of peter ferrelli based on this true story and it it kind of went there and this isn't a referendum on green book and i uh but i feel like that audience would say that not every movie needs to be challenging sometimes we do like to go to the cheesecake factory or applebee's and to that that's fine but don't think you're getting anything else yeah yeah well yeah i would well my response to why to blindside is uh i can make you a better version of cheesecake factory at home and and that's what i and and maybe you do get some amazing meals at cheesecake factory and uh this this is sponsored to you by by cheesecake factory but i I don't have a sophisticated yeah, I, but I would say for so this like, give, I would give say for the blind side <laughs> yeah. I would say for the blind side special that uh, this restaurant serves I can make you a better version of it at home or someone else can can definitely say that that's how I feel about the blind side mm-hmm. green book will tackle another can day I, but, yeah can I throw in like a different sure. perspective yeah. living in living in the south is kind of like a liberal 2015 to 2019 um and this is again i like i ate it up just like cheesecake factory tasty when it first came out like i don't think we need to pander to to white middle class i don't want us doing it anymore it gives them the wrong idea so it's not us that we need to worry about liking this movie to a degree it's it's some people see this and say we're so great oh my god look they they changed one young unfortunate man's life as opposed to recognizing some hugely systemic issues that this movie like glossed over exactly so, yeah yeah that's yeah, fair. And yeah. again we're more privy some people we can eat cheesecake factory because we know it's not quality it's exactly people who think cheesecake factory is the top that should not be right we need to open their eyes i totally agree it's like we're more privy to these things or at least more movie audiences are privy to these things nowadays um and and you know like again like yeah not every movie has to be a challenging thing but if you're going to 
have a movie that race is an element of yes then you know you kind of have to be a a little more nuanced you know you you shouldn't be like a cheesecake factory if if race is an ingredient and you kind of had that you know you kind of had that with the original story or you could have done that and that's why i'm like i'm so like flustered by this movie yeah no i agree it's at the end of the day i feel like there's wasted potential to tell um you know, uh, to do address the issues in a more compelling way that would that would open people's eyes more because it is an inspiring story. People like the inspirational aspect of it. I think at, even more so than Central Bullock, that's probably the most compelling and um, appealing part of the movie. But you, it's more. I think it would be more worthwhile if you do see more of the struggles along the way and you see more of the actual process that took part. Because at, I also feel like the truth is always the most interesting way to tell, you know, like the, the truth is more interesting than fiction or whatever the expression is, right? Like stick to the truth. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's strange. But uh, at the end of the day, when in doubt, stick to the truth because- Brought to you by Cheesecake uh, Factory. I feel like you, <laughs> you can't go wrong. Cheesecake Factory, it's a factory of lies. Well, Leanne and I, we, well, we'd like to become your legal guardians. What's that mean? What it means is, is that we want to know if you would like to become part of this family. Kind of thought I already was. Um, okay, so, um, you know, the blind side, this is like an interesting retrospective 12 years later. So let's, let's see what our final takes will be now, uh, in our, our final assessment in this kind of like, you know, 12 year, um, retrospective review. So Shannon, start us off. What, what would be your like percentage score and final take on the blind side? Sure. So if I could summarize it, you know, what I what I liked about it was the parts with, with the family where you actually saw them kind of bonding, spending some time together. Because I think that was true. That um, really what actually happened, like the bonding between the kids, etc. Um, I like the college football stuff. Um, and then what, what didn't hit as well for me this time around would be like the representation of like where Michael came from you know before he he met the twoies and his story um so whereas it's probably like in that 80 percent range when i first saw it i'm probably at like a a 70 right now i still like it maybe 65 65 okay let's say 65 yeah i get what you're saying i think yeah the i don't know if you ever saw the show the wire but I feel like they kind of do like a cheaper version of that in their depiction of like this bad neighborhood is where Michael's coming from, you know, this like this project and everything. It's it's very predictable the way they depict that. So it I did, didn't care. It did punch me in the gut when they showed the one kid that they kind of had throughout, like whenever they had a project scene. Um, and then at the end, they showed that he was killed. Yeah, no, that was effective. But if you kind of, if they maybe like, had a little more interest in that character, I would have cared more. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, that You're kid right. that we just maybe had a few shots of, then like you know, he he was killed, and I'm like, oh, I don't even know how to feel about that because you kind of yeah. blindsided me with that sort of thing, right? 
So I, I, I think that was like, you know, could use a little more focus there if they wanted to have that be more effective. So 65 for Shannon. What about you, Keith? Uh, I said in the beginning of this podcast uh, of this episode that I usually don't watch these kind of movies because I know how I'm going to feel about them. And I do, I, I think, uh, Shannon, I see that like the, the stuff that you listed as why you like it or is why I like, I get it. I get it. And I think we kind of dissected uh, why I didn't. I mean, with everything that we know, I like, there's one thing to be like, oh, I, this is how I expect the movie. This is what the movie I wanted. That's why I didn't like it. And it's not like that. It's more like you had all this, uh, I know there's a, I know there's a more powerful story in there. And if they went that route, then the blind, the blind side would be hailed as like, it it would definitely earn its place in one of the better in one of the top ten best uh, sport movies. Um, mm-hmm. And while I get why people like it, I I don't really care to see it again. Really, fifty two. Okay. Yeah, I well think. Set, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I think I think it's like watchable to a fault, right? It's like. Uh, in a way that seems more manufactured, which is crazy because it's based on a true story. And this movie also falls into, a, I think even for the time was a criticism is the white savior trope. And yes, this is based on a true story, but I think we you could have made that less of an issue if the focus was more on Michael, his perspective, and more about him as opposed to Sandra Bullock calling all the shots, having all the agency. And again, regardless of, yeah, you know, maybe that I, I don't know how much of that is true or not, but you know, it's it's his story and if he was more of the focus that wouldn't have been as much of a problem. So I'm I'm like uh, I, I think I'm like a sixty percent on this. Like it passes for me just barely. Hmm. But again, just for the fact that it's watchable, it it's but it's it's very um it's disappointing that they could have done so much more and they didn't, they took the safe way and, and that's a mm-hmm. shame. So what's our, what's our average score? I have there, yet to disagree with our final tallies. 59. Oh, and I actually wow. think that's, that it, it's so right. It's so right. <laughs> it's funny. I think we've had, uh, we've had 59s for a couple other movies and it's like the best score you can be and still be a rotten <laughs> Of all the rotten scores, this is the highest score you can get. Um, so exactly what you'd expect from like divided films, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she said the title. Know, this... She said the title. <laughs> Talk <laughs> about a divided <laughs> film. So <laughs> I you planned this. I was a plant. You told me to give stand my up, score. take a bow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Audience goes wild. So I officially decree that on the blind side, we are siding with the critics. So um, thank you, Shannon, for joining us uh, during this football season movie. I feel like, if anything, this movie is like at least good for the fall season. I don't know. That's like one merit for it. It is. You're right. 
uh, you know, but there's some okay. of the other interesting football movies too to check out if, if you can't get enough of actual football. Um, but yeah, thanks again, Shannon, for joining us. And, uh, you know, I uh, hope everyone enjoys the their fall and keep an eye out for more Divided Films in the future. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thank you.